1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: Welcome to the official podcast of the Milwaukee Brewers. This is Brewers on Tap. Here's the pitch. A cutback! Time to tap the keg with Lane Grindle.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Brewers on Tap. It's been a little while since we've talked, since the end of the season, when we sat down with Brewers manager Craig Council. And, of course, the offseason is well underway now. You've had the uh, decisions made on whether or not to pick up options. You've had the tender, non-tender deadline that has come and gone, and there's been some movement for the Brewers. Not a ton of action so far, as in the last couple of years, as we've seen, some of the free agent action doesn't really pick up until after the holidays, but uh, as we said, there's been a little bit of action so far. The Brewers did make a deal on the eve, essentially, or actually minutes before the tender, non-tender deadline when they sent Corey Knable to the Los Angeles Dodgers for a player to be named later. That ended up being Leo Crawford, a left-hander that has had a lot of success in the minor leagues that the Brewers feel very, very good about in that return. So, Corey Kinable, now a member of the Los Angeles Dodgers. And the Brewers also have signed a catcher to their 40-man roster in Luke Maley, who has some some options remaining and is a guy that uh, you'll hear from Matt Arnold coming up a little bit later on in the podcast. He was familiar with from his days with the Rays. So,. Brewers have a lot of depth at catcher right now. A bunch of guys on that 40-man roster. You talk about Luke Maley being added into the mix. Manny Pena was tendered. He is back. Jacob Nottingham, of course, is a guy that really came on last year and became one of the Brewers' better all-around players at the catcher position, including almost... Maybe not officially being named, but almost became kind of the personal catcher for Corbin Burns as the season went along. And then, of course, you have Omar Narvaez, who the Brewers are hoping for a bounce-back year from at the catcher position. Now, is there some positional versatility in there? That's something that I think is going to be explored. I don't know that the Brewers have made any decisions, but a guy like Omar Narvaez, could he play some first base? Could he solve part of the first base riddle for the Brewers? Nobody's really talked about that much yet. But you have to wonder, because the Brewers really value positional versatility, and again, you're going to hear more about that from Matt Arnold coming up, you have to wonder if a guy like Omar Narvaez factors in a little bit of first base at some point down the road. Does Keston Hira factor in at first base at some point down the road, clearing a path for Luis Urias to get into the lineup a little bit more at the second base position if the Brewers do something about third base? There's a lot of pieces to this puzzle that have yet to be fit together and the brewers are working on that as we speak now one thing is for sure this is going to be a very strong team on the mound it looks like that the strength of this team is going to be this rotation with woodruff and burns you hope for a bounce back year from adrian hauser i still think he's going to be a guy that the brewers can count on in that rotation Uh, Does a Freddie Peralta factor into the rotation? Do they bring another veteran in like Brett Anderson was a year ago? I think those are going to be the questions and the things we're going to keep an eye on from a rotation standpoint. But overall, the Brewers very strong and very healthy in that regard. And you feel good about the bullpen as it stands right now. Devin Williams, the National League reliever of the year, the National League rookie of the year. Josh Hader was the two-time National League reliever of the year coming into this past season. Uh, So there's some strength back there, and you're not even talking yet about guys like Brent Suter, uh, guys like Justin Topa, who really showed up at the end of last year, and Drew Rasmussen, who has big-time stuff. There are a lot of pieces for Craig Council and Chris Hook uh, and Steve Carsey to work with from a bullpen standpoint for the Brewers moving forward. So that's going to be an interesting group, I think, that has a chance to be one of the better groups in the National League when it's all said and done. But if you look at the Brewers right now, what do they need? Well, you're probably looking at guys at first and third. Anybody that's on the first and third market, I would say the Brewers are at least keeping tabs on right now. Are they looking at an outfielder? Maybe. Uh, That's hard to tell. You have Christian Yelich. You get Lorenzo Cain back, which is is a big addition to this team in 2021. And of course, you got Alvisio Garcia. So you really kind of have your three starters as it stands today in that outfield. But are there some good value adds out there that could add some pop to this lineup? Maybe guys, again, that have some positional versatility that could play somewhere on the infield too. I think that's something that the Brewers would certainly be open-minded about moving forward. So it's going to be an interesting offseason. There is a lot left in this offseason, a lot of pieces still to move, and a lot of dominoes to fall, as they say. Now, some some news that's not necessarily on the field related, but I think very uh, appropriate and very good news, and I think it's exciting for all of these organizations that they're a part of it. I know I'm excited for the Brewers to be a part of it. And that was an announcement earlier this week that the Brewers, along with the Bucks and the Green Bay Packers, have combined forces to form the Equity League. It's a new impact investment division of venture capital fund, Town Tech, and it marks the first time the Brewers, Bucks, and Packers have partnered together for the shared purpose of fostering positive social change in Wisconsin and across the United States. Adding to the historic nature of the collaboration, Microsoft, whose mission is to empower every individual and every organization on the planet to achieve more, joins the three teams as the founders of this new organization. First announced in 2017, Titletown Tech, a partnership between Microsoft and the Green Bay Packers, and it's created an exciting venture studio and fund. It's located across the street from Lambeau Field, and it's now shepherding more than 20 new startups into formation with many beginning operations in northeast Wisconsin. Uh, The Equity League is an investment network focused on building a portfolio of impact-driven technology companies and creating more opportunities for black and Latino founders. Equity League has a mission of creating a long-term positive impact on society, and I think it's really cool that all of these organizations have come together to really bolster this and to make this a focus in the community. It's got a lot of news nationally, and rightfully so. I think this is great leadership from these organizations, and we hope that it really brings about some positive impact, uh, not just in the days and weeks and months to come, but for a long term over many, many years I think it's exciting and uh, I hope that you join me in that excitement as well okay here's what we have for you we have a great sit down with Brewers general manager Matt Arnold of course remember he was elevated to the title of general manager earlier this offseason and I had a chance to sit down with him and first off congratulate him on the new title Matt Arnold joins us on Brewers on Tap, and first and foremost, Matt, congratulations on the promotion, a new title for you, and it's something you've worked really hard for, and you've certainly earned, and I know you have to be thrilled that the Brewers rewarded you with the title and the promotion as
0: well. Uh, I I appreciate that, Lane. That's awful nice of you. I mean, we, you know, uh, a a lot of great people here I've I've partnered with, and, and I'm excited about this opportunity, but... Um, you know it's it's been great I mean we've been here for you know five years and uh, and it's gone fast and and we've had a great time and so um, hopefully just continuing to build up upon our success here but yeah I, I appreciate your thoughts very much. I know you've been asked this
1: a lot in the in the last few weeks uh, in the wake of this news and I, I know I've been asked it a lot and I, I'll give you kind of what my answer has been a lot of people have said you know how does this change things from a front office standpoint And I've said probably not. Greatly, because if you have been behind the scenes, if you've seen David Stearns and Matt Arnold work together, you know that they work in unison really well, and that you guys complement each other so well in what your skill sets are and what your backgrounds are. It probably doesn't change a ton in the
0: day-to-day operations, does it? Yeah, I, I think that's right, Lane. I mean, we have, a, we have a tremendous partnership, and and David's as good as it gets to, to work with in the industry, and so uh, been fortunate to to work with him for a number of years, and also with a, a lot of other people uh, around the industry that have been in that chair, and and you know just continuing our partnership, I think is is where where we are, and and it's been great, you know, to this point, and and I'm really excited about working with him for many years to come.
1: Well, we know Matt that we just completed a few months ago one of the more unique, if not the most unique, baseball season of all time, and uh, as we enter the off season, there's just a lot of unknowns still. How how, how strange has this period of time been for you and trying to figure out exactly how you want to construct your team? There's things you guys are still trying to get answers on and figure out moving forward. I, I'm sure it's been really challenging and you have to run a lot of different scenarios and
0: what ifs. Yeah, I, I think that's right. And I, I think we're we're trying to stay open-minded to a, a lot of different ideas. And, and like you said, we're, we're working through a ton of different scenarios and I think that's that's been productive for us, you know, to stay in touch. We've been in touch with so many different agents and 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 clubs, talking about different situations and fits. But you're right. I mean, we have to prepare because there are certainly a lot of unknowns uh, in our game. But but we've we've tried to to spend a lot of time on on so many different uh, pathways to to continue to get better, and that's where our head is. We want to continue to improve our ball club, uh, you know, in in uh, in 2021 and beyond.
1: Matt, the, the tender, non-tender deadline is always a really interesting one, and I think we all knew this would be a more active one than maybe in years past, and it pretty much held to be that. There's there's good and bad news there. You you let some guys go that have been a part of the organization, that have done a lot for the organization, but also there's a even bigger pool of guys you can go out and kind of comb through to try to upgrade your team with as well. Let's start with the trade of Corey Knable, which came – Basically at the deadline of that, certainly Corey's had a great career with the Brewers uh, has had uh, his 2017 season was amazing what he did in the 2018 postseason was incredible but I'm sure you guys were glad at the same time that you were able to get something back um, for Corey Canable and not have to non tender him and be able to trade him to the Dodgers
0: and get a guy that you guys like and Leo Crawford back in that deal. Yeah, we're we're. It's certainly, as you mentioned, it's it's a little bittersweet. I mean, with what Corey meant to our franchise, I mean, he was just such a warrior for this group, and and not just on the field, but off the field. I mean, he did so many incredible things here in the community and in our clubhouse, and you know, also what he did on the field for what he you know for for a number of years on uh, on several playoff teams. I mean, he was just such an impactful player for us. So certainly thankful for him, but. At the same time, it's a great opportunity for him to take another step in his career with, with a great organization. And at the, at, at the same time, I think it worked out for us uh, well to get a guy we like in Leo Crawford. He's super deceptive, really interesting arm that we've liked for a while. We had him targeted. And so to, to be able to access that kind of player in this deal, we're, we're excited about that as well. And he's had a lot of success in the minor leagues. He's had some really good seasons, hasn't he? Yeah, he sure has. He's, he's been a starter. He's, if you get a chance to check him out on, on video, he's really interesting, a very deceptive delivery, um, funky, you know, a, a lot of different weapons to work with. And so, yeah, his, his success is something we're excited about.
1: Matt Arnold is our guest here on Brewers on Tap. Uh, you've also added a catcher to the mix in Luke Maley um, tell me what you like about him and how you see him fitting onto the 40 man roster right now and potentially, you know, beyond that with a 26 man, when you get closer to having to make decisions like that in spring.
0: So, yeah, I mean, liked Luke for a number of years. I was with actually with Tampa Bay when we, uh, when we drafted him. And so I have a lot of history with him going back to university of Kentucky and and what he was able to do, uh, there as an amateur. So, uh, we're excited to bring him on. He's certainly talented. Um, you know, and, and I think it's, a, it's a great opportunity, I think for him, but but also to increase competition. I think, as we all know, um, you know, we have a really good group of guys bringing back Pena and Narvaez and also Nottingham taking a big step forward that last mm-hmm. year. So we certainly have a good group of guys and, and we believe that's a good thing because at the, at the catching position, you can never really have enough depth there. So we're excited to bring on Luke and, and, and hopeful, um, you know, see what he can do in the uh, in, in 2021.
1: Certainly looks like going into 2021 pitching is going to be a strength. Again, you're going to have Burns and Woodruff back at the front of the rotation. And you got guys like Adrian Hauser that I know uh, everybody believes in and thinks he has, you know, another gear in him. And I think he has a great chance to bounce back from last year and and be a middle of the rotation solidifier for you as well. Freddie Peralta is another guy that you have in the mix. And maybe there's a veteran out there at some point that you, that you will look at, but you have to feel good about the depth of arms you have, and then you can take that even one step further with a a really impressive bullpen with uh, the NL reliever of the year and Devin Williams and the rookie of the year. And then, of course, uh, Josh Hader's, I think everybody knows what Josh Hader's capable of. This, This is a really good group right now.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely, we, we believe it's, it's definitely a strength of ours and, and, you know, to, to look at what, what those guys have done. I mean, I think you, you see at the top of the rotation there, Woodruff and Burns really taking a, a big step forward. And, and like you said, we think there's another gear in there for, for Hauser as well. And, and what he's done in the past. And so we, we feel like those guys sort of at the, at the front end and, you know, with, with Peralta uh, Suter, you know, in the mix here, mm-hmm. guys stepping up, even, Kind of off the radar, Eric Yardley and and Justin Topa. Yeah. Excited about Drew Rasmussen. Um, you know, to to pair those kinds of arms, we believe with like you mentioned, guys like like Josh Hader and and Devin Williams. I mean, what an incredible story! I mean, he's just we're so proud of him and what he's been able to accomplish. And and you know, for everybody involved with 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 Devin, it's just a, a great story. So yeah, we feel really good about the depth of our pitching, and we're excited about it.
1: Matt I want to ask you when you you look at last year and you look at Topa who I think really stood out towards the end of the year as a guy that could be like a guy right like big time stuff Rasmussen is certainly another one of those guys even Phil Bickford made his debut last year after having a really good year at the end of the year um, in 2019 in the minor leagues with the uniqueness of last year it was a tough year from a development standpoint overall but for certain specific guys it actually probably was kind of a, a, a good thing, right? Like you were able to experiment a little bit more and give guys opportunities that maybe they wouldn't have gotten in a normal season like some of those guys where you have a better idea how their stuff
0: plays at the big league level now going into next year. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. I, th- I think we have you know incredible coaches, I think at our alternate site last year, guys like Jim Henderson, Cam Castro, Jake McKinley, Um, you know, to, to lead our pitching efforts there. And like you said, it was a really good opportunity for those guys to, to develop and, and get, you know, live at bats to the extent that we could create those uh, in that kind of environment was certainly a challenge, but, but those guys did an awesome job creating that type of environment for those guys. And so, Uh, Yeah, I mean, we think that there there's depth behind those guys and and an example of that we we think is a a guy like Leo Crawford that we just picked up Mm -hmm. as well so you know just continuing that pipeline of pitching is so important for this franchise and and developing that internally and we feel like those options uh, will continue to step forward and help us in the future. What are some of the spots that you're looking the, the most closely
1: at in terms of roster construction coming into the spring? What are some areas where you guys are going to probably make some moves or at least be in the mix on before uh,
0: the offseason concludes? Yeah. I mean, look, we've, we've developed, I think a pretty, uh, a pretty solid foundation of depth and versatility. I think that's been one of the things that that we've tried really hard to, to focus on here. Uh, both David and I b- believe in that very strongly. And so, I think we'll continue to do that. And I think we value that sort of across the diamond and um, you'll see that potentially, I I think with, with first base uh, being an option for us to, to continue to focus on, but, but, and third base potentially as well. But, but those are also positions where um, Craig values that versatility like we do. So uh, the opportunity to, to continue to, to mix and match different, different guys. Jed Jerko was an example last year Mm -hmm. that really stepped up and was able to handle some third and some first, um, you know, so we were excited about those kind of guys, adding a guy like Vogelbach in the middle of last year who came in and did a great job, gives us uh, an option there with a nice bat that can handle, um, you know, defensively, can handle first base if we need it. But, you know, continuing to, to work through, I think, different options there, I would say, on the corners and and just continue to work on our depth sort of around the diamond. Uh, we're excited to get Lorenzo Cain back, I think, in the yeah. outfield Uh, you know, getting Christian Yelich back after a a nice, healthy, full off season, I think will be great. And, and we think he's going to be, you know, continue to be one of the best players in baseball. So we feel good about that depth, but, but, you know, as, as we've talked about, you can never have enough there. So we're going to continue to focus on, on those kinds of areas and, and continue to work on that, um, you know, here and, and see if we can, we can land something and, um, you know, we're excited about that. Well, Matt, we appreciate it. Thanks so much for giving us some time today. Yeah, you got it, Lane. Thanks very much for having me.
1: That is Matt Arnold, and you get a a little peek inside, maybe what's going through the brain of the the Brewers Brain Trust as they continue to move forward in this offseason. It's an exciting time. I hope that you're excited for the 2021 season. Uh, I think the Brewers have a chance to really assert themselves for a fourth consecutive year as a postseason contender and really it'd be a fifth straight year of being a postseason contender. Remember, in 2017, they just barely missed the postseason. Now, three straight years in the postseason. And I think here in 2021, this is a team on on the backs of great pitching. And with a, a guy like Christian Yelich, who I think we can all safely predict is going to be back to his MVP ways. Uh, A guy like Keston Hira taking a step forward in his third year in the big leagues and and getting a Lorenzo Cain back. You figure you're going to get a little more offense out of the catcher position this year. I think it's a chance to really see this team compete at the top of the NL Central once again, like they have been been doing for the majority of the David Stearns, Matt Arnold, Hira. Thank you for joining us. We will talk to you again soon. If we don't talk to you before, then have a great holiday season. And a great start to your 2021. I'm Lane Grindel. Yeah, yeah! Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.